Blog Talk Radio. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome to the AHA Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide with your host, Mariana Cooper, founder of AHA Moments International and ahamomentsworld.com. Tune in for the next hour and learn to trust your AHA Moments to lead the way to live a passionate and purposeful life. And now here's your host, Mari. Okay, so we're back. And <laughs> see, as I was just doing that whole thing on Mercury and Retrograde, we had all kinds of crazy stuff happening, like the stream had only 15 minutes of stream instead of an hour in change. So it just literally shut the entire show down. So I apologize and off we go um, <laughs> into um, what else, uh, the rest of what I was talking about. So we already talked about Mercury Retrograde. We talked about the class. And now we are going to go into our topic, which is prayer versus parallels and how does it all fit in. So, and of course, now my show description with all my notes is no longer on this screen because it was on the other screen. So, you know, here we go. We're just going to channel this and (laughs) get it done. So anyway, uh, like I was saying before, uh, prayer is a very interesting thing because people always associate it with religion and the parallel work we have a tendency to associate with spirituality, right? With manifesting, with uh, visualization and that type of thing. And all of these things fall under the spiritual path. And most of the time people go through a stage and I see it a lot. I actually saw it more in the past than I do now because I have a lot of more advanced people coming to me. But, um, as I go out and I do shows and stuff and I have more, you know, new people coming into our community, a lot of people are struggling with feeling like in order to be spiritual, they have to walk away from religion, from prayer. And in order to be prayerful, they can't dabble in spirituality. And so what it causes is kind of a conflict, right? It causes um, some shame, some blame, depending on how entrenched you are in the formal um doctrines of the the like formal religious experience whether it's christianity or catholicism judaism you know or any of the others um depending on how entrenched you are in the kind of cultural structures of those uh dictate how open you are and you know how much how much conflict you have with that transition but what I wanted to do, one of the reasons why I think the guys brought this topic up, and they brought it up actually way earlier than normal, is um, when I say way normal earlier, I, a lot of times I'll get the download for the show the night before. And this week I got the download a few days before. So I was like, okay, so this is a big thing. And it's usually because it's kind of a new direction of thought, a new direction that's developing, that's sort of um, you know coming into the fold. And what you have to understand is that we're always evolving, okay? So we're evolving as a species, you know, in our our DNA and our physicality, but we're also evolving energetically. We're evolving in frequency. We're evolving in access to the non-physical aspects of ourselves. It's one of the reasons why on previous shows I've talked about the Akashic Records. And, you know, in the past, we weren't able to access the Akashic Records in our regular waking state. You had to wait till you were dead <laughs> and going through your, quote, life review to sort of access that 
catalog so that you could kind of review what happened this lifetime and move on to others and sort of collect your lessons and then figure out what you're going to do for the next lifetime, you know, this whole thing. Now we do Akashic Record readings, and it's very, you know, it's pretty mainstream by way of readings now. Certainly way more mainstream than it was 10, 15 years ago when I started working with Doreen, uh, where you weren't even hearing about the Akashic. You were hearing that from very, very few people, if at all. Uh, and certainly not in the context of daily living. So we are evolving from a frequency perspective and from a physical perspective. And it, and you know that in this community, I always talk about frequency um, as a main part of how you operate your world and always recognizing that we have two sides. Probably more than that, but just for the sake of ease in, in the conversation, we have our energetic side, that big ball of energy that we are our whole our whole self in its totality, and then a little symbol of a body is is taken on as a piece of you, the bigger version, energetic version of you inhabits your body for a specific period of time, a life, what we call a lifetime, and but the rest of you stays on the outside of the body. So you have just the piece of you is inside your body navigating the world in a physical way. You get to eat pizza and have sex and, you know, all those things, all the fun things you get to do in physicality, make contributions to the world, experience the earth, the waterfalls, all that kind of thing, tangible experience. But the rest of you, the greater version of you, stays outside of the body and helps the, with the version of you that's in the body to navigate the world, okay? So with that being said, uh, the evolution comes in our physical abilities, you know, um, you know, from cavemen to present kind of thing. But our frequency evolution and our access to the energetic aspects of ourselves, the access to the bigger version of ourselves, the access to the uh, wonderful pockets of magic that we have built into our bodies that we're not necessarily given access to that are lie dormant until various tripwires go off in the world like um, crazy elections and <laughs> uh tragedies like 9-11 and you know we get advanced as as each crazy thing happens it seems crazy but it is part of evolution because whatever cracks the heart wide open um, like 9-11 um, even this election and how crazy it is and how, how you know people are so divided and all that it's cracked a lot of compassion a lot of people are recognizing things they never saw before um, so it's really part of a, an energetic evolution Okay, um, it may seem like a backslide for a lot of us, but it is actually, in many cases, in many ways, a jump because we're cleaning out a lot of stuff and becoming aware of a lot of corruption, a lot of things that have been going on that now we can, you know, just the awareness is part of evolution. So uh, that being said, to uh, prayer and the parallels, one of the reasons why the guys brought it up is because now, you know, we had big separation between the two, perceived separation, and now as we go forward in our evolution of this energy, we're going forward into a time where the two are going to become much more integrated than you would ever expect. Uh, people think that religion is somehow going to go away. People think that spirituality may somehow go away. If everybody could just get back to the Bible, you know, we could all be perfect and, and correct and all that kind of thing. Neither of those things is going to happen. Um, What's going to happen and what is happening is there's going to be more of a unification because prayers and parallels are part, two pieces of the same system, okay? So your prayer 
in its purest form, which is is a question. It's a request. It's a it's a gratitude. You know, it's a paying homage to something. But most of the time, it's a request. Okay, and that's the kind of the context we're gonna go within today. We can be semant, you know, have all kinds of semantics around it. But prayer is your request. A request, a request from um, an energy greater than yourself. So it could be God, it could be Jesus, it could be Mary, you know, it could be Allah, it could be you know, all these different Moses, it could be all these different beings, right? But uh, the God of your understanding. Okay? Just insert the God of your understanding. The ask is always important because the one thing that is universal across all schools of thought is that without the God, the universe, Jesus can't act without permission, without the ask, because there is such a thing as free will. And that kind of goes across most religions. I've studied most of them, a good chunk of them. I won't say every single one. Um, after I finished my corporate career, I, and kind of going through kind of a, a, a gypsy phase, um, I spent a long time, many, many years, every single day in the bookstore, I was doing a little bit of consulting, a little bit of contract work, but I was spending most of my time in the bookstore and I was reading and reading and reading and I was learning and teaching myself all about all different types of energy systems, all different types of religions, trying to find, you know, kind of like, and then I'm going to find my truth type of thing. Um, and just, it was a, a lot of curiosity, but then also a lot of just, you know, being put into kind of this monastic kind of a, a path. And many leaders, not necessarily light workers, but light leaders, those who are going to go out and really teach like big audiences and this type of thing, are pulled off of regular life. My fiancé had passed away. Um, I wasn't dancing. I wasn't, I wasn't doing all the things I was passionate about. I just like, was like focused. It was like plucked up out of my life and like thrown into a library. of just nothing but books. And read this. Okay, now read this. Now, okay, now write this. Okay, write this. Take notes. Da, 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 da. And then eventually clients started to show up and, and so we went. But one of the things I do lean into, and I was reading a book, sometimes a book a day, several books a week for sure, for many, many years. Um, so I was really educating myself, and then I built my channeling and intuitive skills and all that, and et cetera. Now, the reason why I say that is because I learned something about various religions, that nothing is without um, its own purpose. Nothing is more important than another. And so the prayer aspect is always the ask. It's us asking this energy that's greater than ourselves, than our physical mind, our physical mental world. We're asking for support, help, assistance, healing, whatever, but it's the ask. The prayer is the ask. The parallels for any of the other types of modalities is and I'm going to use the parallels because I really feel it's the most uh, powerful, I guess, of all of those things. But that's my own opinion. You know, it just is. The parallels, though, are the structure of how the prayer is answered. Okay, so when we're talking, we're asking this energy to support us, then the energy has to be able to transfer, do an alchemical process of transferring what you're designing, which is always existing in energetic form first, and pushing that into physical form. Okay? So you're going from the energy of the ask 
so that when you ask, when you say a prayer, you're, you know, you're forming words, and you can be as heartfelt as you want, but those words are transferring to energy, so it translates to the powers that be, right? It translates into energetic form, and then it configures in that energetic form, and it's sent back to you through energetic means into physicality. The parallels are the infrastructure. The prayer is the request. They go hand in hand. So, you know, if you look, if you really look into the mysticism of, of Jesus, he was a magical manifester. Came here to help us all see what we could do ourselves. And um, don't write me and say I'm a bla- you know, blasphemous and all this and whatever. I'm, you know, if it's making you crazy, just hang up the phone. But if you're open to seeing some different uh, vantage points, and, and, and this is it, it's really powerful because when you combine the two, when you combine the two, you can eliminate the guilt, you can eliminate the fear, you can eliminate the righteousness, you can eliminate the obligation, you can eliminate all of those, the heaviness of some of these more rigid structures and you can have the invitation of a really in-depth conversation with energy that's greater than yourself, meaning greater than your physical mind, you know? And it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And it's what was meant to happen because um, as we evolve, we, we started off like this. All the indigenous religions, if you look at um, – the Native Americans, you look at the Aruba, you look at the Santeria, you look at the um, Wicca, all those, you know, the, the Aboriginal um, types of tribal medicines and all those types of things, they were around way before Christianity, way, way, like thousands of years. So was the Kabbalah. And they, they, you know, back then there was no Doppler radar. There was no, you know, homicide alert. There was no, you know, uh, uh, cat scans. There's none of that, right? So you didn't have the level of diagnostics. You didn't have the, the, the technology. So you had to listen to the earth. And, the, and you had to communicate with what was built into the earth. And there's a whole lot built into the earth. So these aboriginal type of indigenous, I should call it, um, religions or uh, modalities, whatever you want to consider them to be a lot of people um as as history went on they they were well let me stop let me not get too far they they were uh extraordinarily powerful and still are like when that whole dakota pipeline thing was going down and all the native americans started to you know beat the drums and go in the circle and do the dancing they people have no idea of how powerful that is no idea the intention has been set you know, and, and it's a, it's amazing. And sometimes it does come, the answer that you want doesn't come as quickly as you'd like it to come, but it has not gone unnoticed. And so, um, and, and it comes back in very mysterious ways, you know. So, you always know, want to be careful with that. But when you look at these indigenous religions and, and how they work, they work with the elements of the earth, they work with the earth, the water, the air, the fire, the north, south, east, and west, the work within four directions. That's how they created rain. That's how they helped the crops to grow. That's how they had stopped the locusts from flying. And, of course, you know, and then when Jesus came along and had, in his, you know, in his heyday, and he helped to advance that, right? He helped to, people to understand intention, to understand focus, to understand ascension, to understand resurrection, all these different things, all these different abilities, uh, there's abilities to manifest, to heal. And, you know, it's, of course, taken centuries for us to get to a point where we can actually articulate a lot of this stuff. But 
um, the prayer part is whether you do it with rosary beads or you just have set an intention or um, in, our, in our parallel work, the alignment session where you're actually, you know, seeing yourself already um, uh, successful at whatever it is you're desiring. That's all the prayer. It's all a request. It's saying I'm choosing a frequency. So in the prayer work, you can be sitting in church and you're saying, dear God, please help me with X, Y, Z. In the parallel work, you're saying I'm now in the place where I've been helped by X, Y, Z and I have this result. And it's still, it's still registering in the energetic form to all these guides, God, power, the be, as a, as a question, as a request. Okay? So when do you get into trouble with these two things? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, when we talk about the integration now, and so um, we had a split, right, kind of after World War II, the fall of Hitler and all that, we had a split. And um, a lot of new thoughts started to come, new age thoughts started to come up where um, pieces of these old systems, like setting intention, like using your imagination to create your world, visualizing all of the ways that actual energy actually works, the way that prayer actually gets answered and has from the beginning of time. Um, we started to, the new schools of thought to rise up. Um, and and be, we were reminded of our power and of our abilities. And so we had people like Wallace Waddles and Neville Goddard and, and James um Oh gosh, what's his name? I'm looking on my bookcase right now. I have to. I have to. Oh, Joseph Campbell, um, and and many others. The Catherine Munger. They started to come up through the 1930s and 40s and 50s and 60s, and um, then Edgar Cayce and some of the channeling abilities, and you know, which is also in religion, prophecy. You know, these types of things. Um, uh, there was there was this kind of parallel. Um, world growing up there was the spiritual world and it was reconnecting the dots of what came pre-religion because when we get into the formal religion people started to figure out hey you know what if uh i know all these powerful things and um but if everybody knows these powerful things they won't need me so i'm going to come become the, the head of knowing these powerful things and we're going to get everybody else in the room and we're going to make them pay us to let them in on the powerful things and we're going to have them ask us permission so that they can get to these powerful things or never really realize they can have these powerful things. And that was kind of where formal religion. And then, of course, you had people who had believed these things. So you know, those split off into different religions. But what it was really doing was it was giving the power, putting a middleman between the person and God. It was putting a middleman, whether it's a priest, a rabbi, a minister, you know, whatever. But that guy up in front, okay? And then a lot of structure. And then there was there was a fear factor in there, like the righteousness factor. Like, we're right. All those other people are wrong. That's the devil. Burn that one. Kill that one. No. The, only our way is the only way. When you're dealing with prayer and God and Jesus, last time we all checked, you're dealing with infinite possibilities. <laughs> However, when you put a, a parental personality, persona over this big energy, because nobody could describe it, so we might as well describe it as a mean parent <laughs> so we get everybody to be obedient because then we can keep everybody doing what we need them to do, right? And so then you, what you built into what started out as a really good thing, you built fear. You built uh, righteousness. 
you built a a a, a uh, you know a black and white kind of thing where you know those people are wrong and those people are right, and you built a lot of confusion. And then there was a the duty and the obligation, and then the fear that you know something horrible was going to happen to you on the other side of whatever if you didn't do it this way. Well, as we so that went for a long time. People die, shed blood, you know, commit suicide over it. Suicide bombers do it on behalf of the, you know, all or whatever, blah, 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 right? So that kind of created, you know, several centuries of chaos. And now, <laughs> after post-World War II, uh, so God bless, you know, the record keepers along the way who kept the truth kind of alive and, you know, in, in hiding, whatever. Some people got killed for it, but somehow it kind of still trickled down. And we had this, this new thought leaders show up post-World War II. And as we got, as we, you know, sort of marched towards 2000, the year 2000, and we went through the harmonic convergence in 1986 and the harmonic concordance a little few years later, and, you know, we started to have pockets of energy on the earth open up. And our bodies started to evolve energetically. And so when your bodies are getting access to more of itself, more of its energetic capacities, more of its frequencies, more um, of of its abilities, then teachers need to show up to help you to know what to do with it, right? Because you don't want to be handed the keys to Lamborghini and have no driving lessons on how to drive it. And so what we've seen is acceleration. Now, acceleration shows up in a lot of different ways, sometimes in very cool ways. Other times, like I said, in very tragic ways. Um, usually with a big spurt of evolution, of energetic evolution, we have, you know, some pretty interesting, pretty over-the-top strategies to get people to stop doing things the way they were doing them and to pay attention and to hit and to have some kind of experience they never thought could ever happen to them and have empathy, which opens the heart energy, which which is the transformational energy. Heart energy is is, is the biggest uh, energy for transformation and transmutation. Okay, so what we have now, as you've seen, and you know, and, and in 2007 we had the uh, oh, we had the secret come out, right? 2000, actually in 2006, which is kind of interesting because 1986 was the harmonic convergence where we had a huge opening of energy, and then 2006, um, you know, some 20 years later we had the secret come out, and all of a sudden the masses like people that would never even look at this stuff were like, oh, oh, boy, you mean I can visualize and all. Now, these same people wouldn't have paid two, uh, two minutes of attention to it 10 years earlier because their energetic systems hadn't been woken up to receive it yet. There were some. We always had what we call, Doreen always called them scouts. So we had the indigo children and the crystal children and all that. That's a whole other show. But we have these people who come before their time, and they're scouts for the new energy that's going to come in. So if you feel like you're kind of ahead of your time, nobody really gets you, but you're kind of living kind of off the beaten path, you feel like you're a bit more of an energetic pioneer, um, what you are is energetically in your dream time, you are reporting back to kind of the, the energetic civilizations not, that are not embodied right now that assist us from blowing ourselves up and getting ourselves into all kinds of trouble. You are are probably a scout and you get a lot of information and then you're a way shower when everybody else wakes up. So I was pulled off the beaten path of regular 
life, like corporate and, you know, houses and cars and horses and this, you know, all these things, uh, back in 1996, like, my whole, like, muggle world kind of went <laughs> collapsed. And once Facebook came out, um, all of my treading waters collapsed. And it was all of a sudden, now you are to go and you are to work and you are supposed to get uh, out there and get this information out there. And I was put through, believe me, a zillion more, more hard lessons than the average person um, because I was a way show. So I could come. So by the time everybody else was interested in this, I was an expert, you know, with 20 years of experience as opposed to somebody just figuring it out. So, and a lot of you who listen to the show are of similar, you know, the similar way. So, Important to understand, though, that now, if, if, first, if you have your pendulum swinging totally to one direction, in order to find balance, you have to swing it totally to the other. So we had, you know, like, formal religion had turned into pretty crazy, right? Like, gone kind of crazy, like off one end. So people started to look for something else. And we had the 60s and the free and the this and the that. And we had the wars and the women got to vote and the blacks got to vote and everybody, you know, all this stuff was happening, civil rights, blah, blah, blah. Well, as, as the energy changes, though, the righteousness, the uh, obligate, ob, um, obligation, and quite frankly, the results from the prayer work were not coming in. So people start to say, well, what else? Then we have 9-11. Well, what else? How is this happening? What, what does this all mean? These are questions that trigger evolution. What does this all mean? Why is this happening? Where did this come from? the same anymore what what's going on you know everything's collapsing around me i don't i can't i don't even know who i am anymore these are all uh invitations for awakening okay and as we had that we went into the metaphysical stuff so then some people went way off the deep end with that they abandoned god they hate the church they don't want to know from jesus they don't want to know from mary they want to burn the rosary beads no i'm not doing it formal religion is horrible and they come go in the completely opposite direction then they get kind of get lonely because with that, a lot of times you don't have fellowship, right? Because that's the one good, that's, there's many good things about formal religion, but one of them, I think probably the best, especially as I was channeling this show, is they said what we're looking for now is fellowship, but with energetic education and energetic awareness. So the, the idea of a congregation coming together to recognize that there's energy beyond themselves whether that's God, Jesus, or, you know, parallel reality, whatever, that part is meant to stick. The disempowerment of saying, oh, but all of my power goes to the guy standing on the pulpit, be evolved. And one of the ways that evolves is by understanding how the energy actually works and how much power you have over the energy that is affecting you, okay? Because even when the guy stands in the front and he says, you know, like, um, like Joel Olstein, he's actually, I think he's fantastic because he mixes the two. He is a major integrator. If you listen to him, he talks about the supernatural, the natural. He's on whole shows on intuition. Um, he incorporates the scriptures. He talks about the mysticism of the scriptures. It's very interesting if you listen to him. Um, he's kind of like, he's a hybrid. He's really not the old school born again Christian pastor. And he's not the full-on New Age, you know, guru. He's a combination. It's very interesting to see. And his congregation is enormous. And that's why he's making so much money, too, because he's really a way-shower and helping people to sort of cross the bridge into an integrated way of being. So we're not saying that 
you know, when, it, when I'm teaching the parallel work, I'm not saying abandon your prayer practice by any stretch of the imagination because guess what? When you're doing the parallel work, it is part prayer. I'm also saying that when you're in your religious space, like if you go to church, um, and I know a lot of people do, they like to go to maybe a non-denominational church so they feel like they have the fellowship but not necessarily kind of the overarching, you know, rule-bound kind of, you know, more uh, structured um, ex- experience. Uh, when you do go to church, relish in, in in the fellowship, you know, and it doesn't mean that you have to abandon one or the other. Now, the parallel work is interesting because when you say a prayer, whether you say a formal prayer with rosary beads or you say, you know, an intended prayer like the, the um, alignment sessions that we do with parallel work, no matter what you do, it still goes out onto the energetic grid and it comes into being with the parallels. You still are literally switching parallels. You might switch into a, you say a prayer, let's say in church, and then you go and you feel lighter and you feel like, oh, guess what you're doing? You put it out there um, and then you're le- allowing it to load in. When you're waiting for your prayer to be answered, you're allowing the prayer, the answer to load in. So in the parallel world, we call that loading in with frequency. And in the prayer world, it's the same thing. It's just that people say, oh, I'm waiting for God to answer my prayer. All right Now, where it turns a little disempowering is when we put a parental hat on God and we feel like we have to do all this stuff to please and guess favor and this and that and, uh, you know, all that. And that's if, – if the, the best way to honor God is to trust and know and continue to hold your vision. Then everything's consistent. You're not flipping your prayers around because if you start doubting or going to this, this patience waiting mode and all waiting for the, the luck to happen and all that, you put yourself in a backwards parallel. You, you hold yourself up, okay? So um, what you want to do from, the, from probably the formal religion side, keep the fellowship but say no to the righteousness. You know, when we allow everyone to worship in their own way, okay, and everybody comes to the table from a different perspective with different experiences, and no one, there's no wrongness there's choices, right? There's some, you know, uh, religions that try to, you know, force themselves on every aspect of everybody's life and say that nobody is real unless they're one of us. Um, you kind of learn about that kind of stuff in kindergarten, but like that's kind of just not the case. So allowing yourself to allow others to kind of be where they're at and not feel like you have to, because you've discovered spirituality, you feel so free that everybody else needs to be on the spiritual path and walk away from the church because it's horrible and you're enlightened and they're not. That's not true. Um, the same thing with the people who go to the church and they, you know, they say, oh, all of you pagans, all of you people are, are you know, blasphemous and, and, and those are, that's all witchcraft and, you know, you're going to go to hell. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. It's not true because a lot of those things that they're complaining about is what kept everybody, why we're even here to this day, you know. Um, So uh, allow, okay, allow. And consider this as you're going through your world. If you feel sort of a pull to pray, sometimes I just sit down and I say, you know what, 
I love doing the parallel work. I love doing all the, you know, all of that stuff. It's so much fun. It's magic. It's this and that. But it's ability for your thoughts, for your way of being, for your action, and understanding that your energy is the cause of whatever's happening in your world and all these types of things. And sometimes I get tired. So I say, okay, you know, i rather today I'm going to listen to Joel because Joel is like a giant cheerleader. You know, he goes into the vet southern draw, God's on the throne, you're a victor, not a victim, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's kind of like because of the way he's expressing it, it doesn't feel so much like it's all on you. Like there's this bigger being who's there helping you, you know, ordering your steps, leading you down the way. So he's kind of like that cheerleader. And some days I really feel like that. I feel like I just want to sleep. <laughs> and I say, I'm going to just listen to Uncle Joel. And Uncle Joel, I tell you, every time I get kind of down or really mad at my manifesting, like I'm getting in my own way and the manifesting isn't working or whatever, I just go into prayer mode and I just go into receiving mode and I just say, you know what, I'm just going to be with this. I grew up Catholic, you know, I'll go to the Catholic church and I'll sit in the church, not when the, I don't go to mass, but I'll go when the church is empty actually, and, because you figure, as explained to somebody else, when you go into a church, especially a well-built one, and this little one here, and oh, oh my gosh, it's such a delight. Everything is stone and wood and natural substances, right? Well, if you go into natural substances, think about it. Any church that you go into, you know, a good chunk of them. I'm not going to say every single one. You have representations of earth, which is the, you know, the stone and the granite and all that stuff. The holy water, a lot of times you have a chalice of some sort. Air, a lot of times you have incense. And fire, candles, right? And then you have all of this, so that earth, water, air, and fire, okay, the pews are made of wood, you know, et cetera. Then you have um, the the congregation coming in with a set intention of speaking to a being that's greater than themselves. I don't care rabbis, God, you know, I don't care Jesus, not Jesus, all that. You get in there, I don't care if Muslim, Christians, everybody's going to speak to something that's greater than themselves. And you got a bunch of people with the same intention. You know how powerful that is? And then you put it with a bunch of natural substances. Guess what that looks like? Think about the tribes that were doing the dances back in the Aboriginal days where there was no, you know, indigenous days where there was no, you know, Tatchel's Cathedral, okay? It's the same thing. You know, we sing in praise. They were singing. They were dancing in praise. What are you doing? You're conjuring up energy. You're invoking energy. You may not call it that, but that's exactly what going to church is. It's the same thing. Same thing, same thing, except that uh, a lot of times it's splintered, right, depending on who's governing over that church. So keep that part in mind. But when you go, don't don't feel like you can't go to church. Just go with the intention of saying, I know where this fits in. And don't think that, you know, if you don't go to church and you focus on the energetic stuff, that you are walking away from a, you know, from God, because you're not. You're just going in the direction of the, you know, into the mechanics of the engineering of how the prayer is actually answered, okay? So I hope that's giving you some, some clarity and permission. Um, I think over the next few years, we're going to see more like Joel, um, more hybridization. I'm seeing it actually in the medical field. You're seeing like psychologists going into what they call spiritual psychology and medic, medical doctors kind of going from home, you know, into homeopathy and into energy healing and, you know, having Reiki groups in hospitals and things. You're going to see this really beautiful 
um, integration. And if you hold in your mind's eye that that's your intention to be in communities where you can have that more of that experience, those communities will pop up for you. Your opportunities will, you know, your way will be paved to, to those experiences. Now, I'm moving from New Jersey to California. Oh, my gosh, such a huge difference. And I found a pretty good um, amount of it in New Jersey, but nothing like California to see this integration. There, you know, California is kind of like, you know, obviously on the cutting edge of that kind of thing. Hawaii is too. Um, uh, uh, New Mexico, I think parts of New Mexico, Sedona, you know, there's certain places in the country that are like that. Um, others not so much, obviously. So uh, I just want you to know, though, that no matter what you choose, you have power. And you don't want anyone, whether it's a metaphysician, you know, a metaphysical teacher who's telling you it's my way or the highway, you know, you'll never get your energy unless you listen to me. You can religiousize anything, right? I've seen, because, you know, I was a telesummit host. I interviewed hundreds of people, and I had lots of people audition that did not make my show. Lots. Trust me. <laughs> I would not put them on the show unless I believed in them. Lots of them. And one of those reasons is because they would either take the modality and turn it into a weapon and use it against people or to scare people, or they would get into such a self, they would get into like a legend in their own mind kind of situation with themselves. There's no room for you, no room for us, <laughs> because they're too busy like worshiping themselves and expecting other people to sort of do that. Those people that actually didn't get on the show. But um, you want to... Find your own definitions of these things. So what I wanted to do today was just to introduce you to the fact that anything's possible, that is really what you choose to configure, that whatever you choose is right for you. If you say, hey, you know, this is all BS, Marge just BS me for an hour and I'm going right back to my church and I've got my Bible and i got to go clear myself because she's, you know, whatever, that's fine. And just let people be where they're at. Because you know from yourself that the only way you get over fear is that you choose to get over fear. So if people are sort of white-knuckling on a situation and you think, oh, gosh, that's not, you know, that's not giving them the richest experience in their life, whatever, don't feel the need to have to go and fix it. Let them be. They're okay. They're coming at it where they need to come at it. Everybody is different. That's why we have all these different opportunities for, you know, worship. It's really at the end of the day, it's about being able to ask a question, get your question answered, right? That's what it is. So um, don't feel like you have to give up one thing for the other. Um, All right? So I can't believe we got to the end of another AHA Moments radio show. But if you would like to join us for our Second Chances class, you will learn a lot about um, the parallel process. For those of you who are advanced and been doing it, it's an excellent class because we're going to go dive real deep. But for those of you who are starting out with it, we will go over the basics as far as how to do the line sessions, how to operationalize the parallel reality in your own world. And um, so if you'd like to participate in that, uh, the like I said, the early um, registration discount was for the first 10. And I think, I think we're probably at 10. I think we're actually more. But we'll let that I'll let that price kind of stay the same until we end registration, but it will end on Thursday, okay? So you can send an email if you don't get the email in your inbox to um, Mari, no, to support at ahamomentsinc.com. And we will see you here, same time, same place next week. And we will end with my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You, new energy, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.